Hey everyone, Eric Watson here, and this is the recorded audio of a DM-only live stream in which I prepare for our next live session and chat with fans twice a week at my Rogue Watson YouTube channel. Please note that these streams are full of DM spoilers. This was not originally intended for an audio-only format, but has been converted to a podcast for your convenience. The channel and by extension this podcast are supported by Patreon. If you'd like to support my work, you can do so at patreon.com slash roguewatson. Enjoy the show. here freelance writer player of games writer of origin quarter of videos and tabletop role-playing aficionado welcome to the thursday edition of my bi-weekly behind the scenes dm only live stream of crafting icewind down which i build right and prepare for our next session of rhyme of the frost main if you are playing characters of all robin Frey, celeste edmund or thimbleweed this stream is not for you but for the rest of you welcome warning there will be many spoilers Stream our sessions live on youtube every friday evening you can watch all of our DD sessions and reviews here on youtube Follow me on Twitter at Rogue Watson and join our official Discord server with invite link in the description below. If you'd like to support the channel, please check out patreon.com slash roguewatson. For our campaign, we use Roll20.net. For streaming, I use open broadcaster software with Streamlabs. Always have to remember to resize the window because it doesn't fit my window. You know, what I'm probably going to have to do is suck it up and remake the entire um, frame banner thing I've got that I've been using since, I think, Tomb of Annihilation <laughs> just because they added that extra little... Freaking tab at the top, and I'm going to forget to resize my window, and it's going to look bad. I can't have that. So, I don't know how much more I want to talk about the actual uh, battle I've got in the town hall, because I feel like we covered that pretty well. Oh, by the way, hello, Stan, Nathan, Blanky, good that you could make the live chat. Um, because we kind of exhausted it uh, last, uh, on Monday's stream, and I don't think any more needs to be said there. I think we've got it. Pretty much handled, which means I can kind of get ahead of things, which is always a good idea to do when planning for D and D. Uh, if you all have any more thoughts and um, comments about the, the East Haven Town Hall battle, then please let me know. But I suspect this will end up taking the majority of our session on Friday, as well as the kind of wrapping up the East Haven events in general. I actually decided that um, no matter what happens in this battle, um, Ravison completing the uh, ritual will uh, kill her. So we don't have to worry about her trying to survive or anything, and that gets rid of that whole moral dilemma. And then, basically, the only leadership the town has left is that Captain Arlagath, um, which the players were able to, um, you know, save and rescue and help. And then that'll be kind of their main speaking NPC when they deal with the refugees coming out of uh, East Haven. And like I said, I will encourage them to short rest in the town hall and not long rest. Just because it's still an active war zone, there's you know people that need helping, and their their companions are still out there trying to figure out you know where everybody is and what's going on. So um, that's you know that's what they're gonna have to be dealing with. And I would probably encourage them to short rest here and then travel with the refugees across East Haven, which is still several hours of a trek. And then to Bryn Shander, they can long rest. And then I really need to nail down. Oh yeah, happy birthday, Blanky. Yeah. Um. I will need to nail down the actual time frame to determine how much time the players actually have to prepare before the dragon arrives in Bryn Channer. Because I realize that they may want to 
you know, if they have more time to prepare, they're probably going to want to do all the other stuff before the dragon appears, which includes uh, resurrecting um, uh, uh, Celeste and uh, maybe following, even following up on the uh, the rat, the uh, God, I can't remember the uh, what's her name, Valin, Valin's uh, quest to uh, look up the Valish Gaunt's information. In fact, what was that quest log looked like? Which I included. I just named it the main quest. Uh, let's see. One lead tracking down Gaunt's old safe house in Bryn Shander when he, when captured by Dwarger. Maybe it has some clues. And I wasn't even sure myself if I wanted to make that a full little dungeon crawl or just make it like it's a little thing that they go do and mention it and then they go towards. I, I know that they're gonna have to find the Arcane Laboratory, which will be a a full custom dungeon crawl that I plan on um, prepping, and that'll basically be the first real trek of the main quest for the next act of this campaign. I just haven't determined if I want to turn anything which probably not just because there's with the between the dragon and stuff going on there's probably enough going on but i do need to nail down um the general time frame and give e7 planned out well enough yeah i agree um do i want to actually have anything happen when they are trekking from east haven to Bryn Shander? this is a 13 mile journey now it is probably one of the safer routes you can take because it's the east way i imagine this is one of the more traveled routes even though we are in a crisis first of all there's one crisis being in the permanite rhyme i guess and then the next crisis is the fact that this dragon's attacking and people are fleeing presumably people fled from good meat as well um although i assume they've they've got a couple hours head start so they probably already arrived at Bryn Shander, which is interesting because then Bryn Shander would already be um accustomed to maybe refugees coming in from Bryn Shander. and you know what that's that's actually a good point so even though they sent the the marshals warned Bryn Shander, um, if there were refugees from Goodmead, then they would also be warning the town. It's, where is the... I think it's under Dragon Scourge. Does anybody flee from Goodmead? Let's see. Uh, target number two. 25 people, which is not very much. One quarter of the population are killed. The survivors flee into the woods before veering toward the east way and following the road to Bryn Shander, taking most of their livestock with them. Okay. Um... That's actually not that many deaths. Is Goodmead really just that teeny tiny? Is it a hundred people? That is a that is beyond small town. That is teeny. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. So, a couple dozen people um have evacuated hours even before the dragon reached East Haven. So most likely by the time the players are probably done with East Haven, the refugees from Goodmead have arrived. So that helps confirm. Um, Bryn Shander, the note that they got, uh, which means they would be, they would be prepared and ready, and that should be a satisfying thing, is that when the players arrive at Bryn Shander, um, Bryn Shander should be basically setting up like a, um, uh, I don't know what that's called, but like when refugees pour in, you need to set up like tents and shit to like help people, <laughs> like, uh, not just processing, but like medical facilities and all that kind of thing, whatever the fantasy medieval version of that is they'll be seeing all that going on it'll basically look like a crisis trauma center essentially but also um one that is um you know they're they're on high alert they're guarding they're, it's still an active uh, threat with the dragon running around which i believe they actually do have they have soldiers they have 20 veterans which i consider that to be actual like military they can muster up to 250 soldiers still says militia but does the other one say militia too under East Haven? Yeah, the definition here. Okay, they just say soldiers and it says there's militia. All right. Uh, East Haven actually did have some veterans as well. 
actual sold i guess standing soldiers um but Bryn Chanders is a little bit more better so i'm just whatever my campaign Bryn Chanders is the one with it's got maybe an actual like force that they can deal with but that's one reason why they also hired the marshals the marshals are kind of the inter you know regional force that can go around and kick ass one thing I consider putting on the road would be the talking fox was now unemployed. <laughs> That's true. I, you know, I should. I thought about having a fun little gag where, um, because the talking animals they do work for, um, Ravison, who is an extension of the Frost Maiden, and the players have determined have found out that the Frost Maiden can uh, possess those animals and use them to speak through the players. But otherwise, um, those talking animals don't necessarily have an agenda. But maybe that they feel some kinship towards, you know, Ravison and the Frostmaiden. And if that's the case, then they would be very much on the side of people who are fighting back against the dragon. So that creates kind of an interesting dichotomy. If the Frostmaiden never found out that they had a wizard with them, though, that would way um, upset them. And that would kind of an interesting thing because, you know, I'm gonna in, I'm gonna introduce a little bit of a fun dialogue session at the end of um, this fight where a dying Ravison will basically tell them. A little bit about how the avatar thing works, but use very cryptic language. They're not quite sure. But you'll mention the fact that the avatar will target enemies of the Frost Maiden, and obviously the dragon is a big enemy. But maybe it would also go after any wizards because that's you know the Frost Maiden's very pissed off and looking for wizards that disrupted that that basically found Etherin, and that's why she's shut down this whole you know region. And so that would be an interesting twist if suddenly it was it, it gave like a. I don't know if it went after Valen or something. Even though the dragons would still be with the active threat. I mean, if they released it too early or something, it might attack Valen. I don't know. That would be an interesting side note to keep track of. Does the dragon go in that direction? Is there a refugee convoy? So the dragon, um, one thing the players do have information-wise is they know the exact route that the dragon does take, which hopefully I've got a hyperlink to that somewhere. Don't know if I do. It's in the handout section. I just don't, um, an easy way to do it. But anyway, they know the route of the dragon attack, which literally goes in a counterclockwise motion around 10 towns and ends at Bryn Shander. So after East Haven, it, which it will spend another couple hours at East Haven, by the way, destroying the eastern half of the city, town, I guess, it will just fly north to Cairdenaval and do the same thing there, go to Cairconning, do the same thing there. It's just programmed to go from town to town. It is not programmed to go between uh, towns and like hunt down any survivors or anything because Zardarok correctly basically knows their refugee crisis is for people to go to Bryn Shander. So his plan is to destroy all the outside towns knowing everybody's going to flee to Bryn Shander. And then with everybody there, the dragon then goes to Bryn Shander and then it basically does a very thorough job of destroying everybody and anything in there. And it's, if you look at the damage this thing does in Bryn Shander, it is devastating. Like it says, like Bryn Shander's population balloons up to this huge amount because all these survivors get there, and then it dwindles to like a fraction to where you go from like thousands of people in Icewind Dale to like a couple hundred. Like it is literally a catastrophic event that happens. Now, my goal is, you know, still the Ten Towns area is going to be very much. In, dis in fact, I could put little X's on the map. That'd be really cute, wouldn't it? <laughs> if I can get like a red X. Or maybe these count as just tokens, don't they? Can I actually? Yeah, I could put little X's. Oh, that's perfect. Okay, we'll do that. We'll just put little X's on them because I made them tokens later. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, that's cute. So I can literally put X's over all of the um, towns to show that the dragons basically effectively destroyed these towns. But hopefully through the marshal's actions, they can they can save the town of Brinchander and thus save somewhere around... 50% of the population instead of like 20% of the population if Bryn Chander gets destroyed. So 
That's true, I could do the skull and bones. The X, the red X is usually the signifier that something is dead. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Want to make it, con save for medical areas that are ripe with disease, no packs falling and killing fleeing survivors. Um, those are all good ideas. Um, I don't want to drag it on too long. I was determined on how much more I want, especially if the players, if they only short rest in East Haven, they're going to be still pretty weakened because they're coming off of this fight also. Um, on the one hand, it shouldn't just be an easy jaunt. You know, you literally have like a, uh, a, a huge train of refugees of, you know, a couple hundreds coming along this East Way for... It's basically a four-hour journey, I believe, and they only have... I mean, some people might have some vehicles with them, but otherwise a lot of people would be on... And some people would be, like, mounted, but it'll, it'll be a lot of people on on foot. Um, and you could argue that, you know, oh, what about, you know, starving animals and problems? I mean, you could make this into a whole little adventure if you wanted to. I don't know how interesting that is um, versus just kind of montaging it, um, especially if the... Uh, Especially if, the, if I do flavor some of the talking animals as being kind of on the martial side, or maybe the, at least the talking fox, which the, has a funny relationship with the players. Um, maybe he senses the fact that Ravison dies, and thus he's like, I don't know what to do now. So I, that is a good idea, Stan. I probably should have at least one event with um, the talking fox, and just the players probably just tell him to fuck off because they don't seem to like him very much, which is fine. You know, you end up throwing a lot of NPCs at the players, and some of them stick to a great degree, and others are... Um, very quickly waved off, and as a DM, I try and take the hint about that kind of thing. <laughs> you could combine your ghost encounter and the refugees. Party comes across a destroyed refugee camp. They were killed by a Droger man or possibly cold light walkers. So I was thinking I may save the ghost idea for um, one of the small town in, in case, because, you know, we'll be traveling to the wider areas of Icewind Dale later in this campaign. I'll zoom out a bunch. Specifically to the north and northwest and northeast, We've kind of already covered the south area. Um, and there's a very good chance the players will end up passing through one of these small towns. And so that would be a pretty interesting um, consequence event to create is instead of doing that thing I was going to do at Dugan's Hole, basically move it to something like Bremen or Lonelywood where um, well, it, might not, it might work better if they ended up at Karakonic. Because I was like, the, the people in Bremen or Lonelywood might have more of a, a heads up and maybe they would get a chance to flee. But one of these towns, you know, I can use for that little destroyed ruined thing that's just full of basically angry Ten Towns uh, ghosts. So I, I do still maybe plan on using it, but it kind of depends on where the players go and choices they make. Townsfolk would be first sent to temples and overflow from there to make makeshift housing tents. Party would need to push through crowd to get a priest to risk less. Yeah, that would be an interesting thing. It's tough. It's just going to be very tough because this isn't really like a, you know, dungeon crawl situation, which is what I'm used to and probably where my strengths are. This is more of a just developing story crisis situation to where we're basically going to be staring at, you know, a town map for a good chunk of this. I need to uh, bring back our Bryn Shander map. Restore. Try to be more uh, organized about archiving maps that I don't use, but you can see I still have plenty pulled up here. There's good old Bryn Chander. So, yeah, it'll be... I just don't know how much, um, I guess, events I want to create around Bryn Chander because we just did a bunch of dangerous ones here, whereas this one, yeah, it would be a little bit of a, a crisis. I guess that would probably be the best example would be trying to resurrect Celeste, knowing that they only have 
you know, probably the main temple. We could use this, I think, House of the Morning Lord that's here on the map as the main area. And yeah, it's all because we've already got refugees from Goodmead before them, and then not very many though. Well, I mean, dozens is a lot, but you don't have anything about these hundreds coming in to, for you know processing and you know trying to figure out what to do with these people and all that. It'll be kind of be a lot of that. I just don't know how interesting that is from a gameplay perspective versus trying to prep the actual upcoming um, battle with the dragon, which I need to figure out our time frame for that. Pull up Bryn Shander again. Is this the one with the stupid gnome that's dressed as a teddy bear? Because that's kind of dumb. The Bryn Shander. Garden Blades, House of the Morning Lord. Gathering Place of Worshippers for Manator. God of the Sun. Our human Adventure, the Shrine, uh, Mishan, Falls, on Tour of the Morning Lord, a name that Southerners use to describe Lathander. Lathander's Earth for Abominable Light doesn't like people confuse the two deities. Copper Number by Mishan rents her attic to a pessimistic rock gnome named t na Rock Gnome Tinker named Copper Knobberknocker, who can apparently give the Black Cabin quest. I don't see using that. I'm not going to use that as a quest. Uh, all right, so the priest is Mishan. That's the useful information there, and it's a House of the Morning Lord. So we can put that on the map. But that place will be, and it'll be like a flustered priest trying to take care of all this. Oh shit, I just put it on the map layer. And to the back. I guess it's, yeah, it is good on the map layer. Okay, we just need to send it to the back. There we go. Alright. Just the moon narrative cutscene. Yeah, I mean, it'll be. I don't want to necessarily literally do a cutscene. You know, I can let the players interact, but in terms of like the strict like rules and skill checks and things, like I even thought maybe I could do the whole, you know, refugee thing as a skill challenge and like you have to, you know, help people do this and that. But then I thought like, well, what's the, you know, what happens if you fail? Like, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's just, I, I need some kind of. If I turn it into a skill challenge, you need some kind of, um, um, pass fail reward system and i'm not coming up with a good one in my head other than you can always give people inspiration for helping people to an extent um otherwise failure just feels like like people die <laughs> you know on the way i mean you could maybe do something like you know crag cats attack or wolves attack and the players have to go and and um fend them off what you could do is describe that and not do it as a literal battle encounter but instead have that as an event that happens knowing that hey you guys are strong enough to fight you know, a bunch of wolves or anything, but, you know, just give me, like, skill checks instead, and that'll determine what you guys look like, but the other weird thing is that I could do that, I could string them along, but then they'll be able to get a long rest in town anyway, it's not like I'm trying to drain the resources for a big, you know, upcoming battle or something, which is why it's it's weird to even throw anything at them, like, damage-wise or exhaustion-wise, maybe exhaustion, because that that can actually stack and, and last a while, I guess. Although if you get one exhaustion, you're going to lose it anyway. So you can see my problem with I just don't feel like doing any of that is necessarily worth doing um, mechanically. But yes, narratively, I could definitely explain what's going on. And hopefully the players, you know, if, if they get engaged in role-playing it, that's fine. If not, we can just have them, you know, travel across the East Way. And I don't necessarily have anything planned um, for them along the route. Whereas Bryn Shander... A lot of it will be more narrative-based as well, and then they can maybe choose to set up some interesting tactics. Um, you know, they'll definitely want to res Celeste, which will cause some drama in terms of, oh, do you guys need to go to the first front of the line or whatever's going on there? The fact that the priest will need to... Um, and, and she won't be happy about it because she would need to set up an hour in order to, you know, resurrect somebody versus healing. She can do that, you know, only so many times a day 
but she can do that a little more easier, so that's true, delay. But see, what do the delays do? Is that just add to exhaustion, I guess, at that point? Maybe you end up accruing multiple levels of exhaustion, even though going like traveling across a road normally doesn't convey that, but I guess it's the idea is if you're trying to help a caravan while you're traveling and different things involved, maybe everybody can make checks to avoid multiple levels of exhaustion. Maybe I could do something there just to set it up, just to try to get the fact that, you know, escorting people. And, and maybe the player's just like, look, you guys are fine. We're just going to go on our own thing and not help anybody. And then they make it to town unscathed and no problem. That's not very heroic of them, but that is also technically an option. All right, what is the time frame for the dragon? Because I feel like I've covered it before, but now that we know... I also need to come up with a battle map for uh, when the dragon actually gets uh, lands in Bryn Shander. I don't think I have that yet still. I need like a big, cool town square map. You know, I used one for... I had one for East Haven, didn't I? But I don't think I even used... I'm not sure I even added it in here. I'll have the uh, the Dugan's Hole map. The even loot. No, I guess maybe I didn't. I had a good town hall map, but I'll come up with something. Not a town hall map. A uh, there it is, town square. Maybe this is the one I was thinking of. Okay. This is the one that I had of Dazan burning that I don't think I even end up using this map. Um, I know I don't remember off the top of my head where this is from. Oh, there we go. Thing down here. Uh, no, I can't read it. It's cut off. Shoot. Um, I probably got it from Reddit. I don't know. Unfortunately, I should have. I know where this one is, but I just pulled it up. Uh, so this one might work out this is a cool town square map with like a snow background so i could have the dragon land here and that could be a fun battle map i'd have to just re uh get rid of all these tokens not all of them though create some you know citizens to where there's still people around for when the dragon crash lands because even though they may have certain the players may have certain spots they don't quite maybe know what the avatar is going to do and what it's going to do is fight with the dragon and then they'll have this kind of cool cutscene kaiju battle and the dragon will crash land somewhere and then that'll be where they can engage it which of course will be uh hopefully where there's some people and guards around that can be uh transformed into um malevolent forces for minions for the dragon also do we want to do dwerger in brinchander because there were in there were some in east haven and i don't know if i want to repeat that again <laughs> Uh, mainly, again, it just kind of slows things down at some point. And I feel like Brinchander would be a little more um, organized about that, especially if they, especially if the players say, like, hey, by the way, when the dragon attacked, there were fucking, you know, Dwerger saboteur agents, and then this lady, Valin, you know, got attacked by Dwerger when she was looting around. Like, you guys got, you, got, you need to do, like, house-to-house -house search. So I could have that be a thing. That could be another choice the players make, is, like, we need to check... You know, one of the preparation things we can do in town is check is do a huge sweep for Dwerger. And then at that point, I would probably turn it into a skill challenge type thing where people can roll, you know, charisma and do like some investigative work, like do charisma checks or perception checks, survival checks. There's all kinds of things you could do to try to find um, people, find enemies. And I'm not even sure I would even include it a combat encounter once they do find them. I think I would just include it narratively. And maybe that would include like, 
I mean, it would be a fail forward thing. You know, if you completely fail, maybe you still find it, but maybe somehow that maybe somehow the Dwarger get word of you and then it does turn into a combat encounter. Or if you succeed a little bit, then you take, um, I don't know, a little bit of damage when you do find them or something, you end up setting off a trap. And if you succeed completely, then you completely find the Dwarger unawares and stamp out their cell. You know, because assuming you're going with guards too, like you're just all, you know, organized and going about it as a police force and not necessarily like a, a dungeon crawl. So I think I could turn that into an interesting uh, scenario, but that would hopefully be the players um, remembering like, oh yeah, we need to like check this town for Dwarger Saboteurs because that is definitely something that they've, that we have witnessed twice in East Haven that Dwarger have uh, come to attack us. All right, so I wrote down that the first day the dragon flies out of Sunblight, destroys Dugan Soul, which takes two and a half hours, destroys all of Goodmead, minus the Mead Hall, which takes another hour and a half, spends the rest of the day and much of the night destroying most of East Haven, which takes 10 hours and includes all of its flight time, for a total of about 14 hours that first day. Now I can shorten and lengthen that as I need to, but essentially, let's assume the players don't long rest in East Haven, they just short rest, and then they go with their caravan to Bryn Shander, um, at that point, it'll basically be night, so they'll arrive and pretty much need to immediately long rest. Um, and then, and then the priest will even say, like, look, I'm not gonna try to resurrect anybody right now, it's, like, almost the middle of the night, like, it's late, we need to, like, no. <laughs> Day two, the dragon goes to Kaer Deneval, destroys it, Kaer Conig destroys it, flies to Tourmaline, destroys it. Tourmaline takes eight hours, though, because it's a bigger town. Um, and meanwhile, the player should hopefully have some, you know, maybe, you know, uh, Edmund can release the homunculus, try to warn other towns because, you know, maybe, and maybe Bryn Chander's already taken that initiative and they've got a system of, of communication to try to warn, uh, you know, other towns of this impending attack. And some of them will be more successful than others. Just some of the towns will be easier and more accessible versus they'll be closer. Like probably the ones that are, um, closest to, uh, Bryn Shander will be the most effectively saved, which would be like Targo specifically, which I love having bringing back Speaker Nelth Maxildenar, my awesome uh, uh, smarmy southern voice. The character's amazing. Um, so Targos could definitely be the most, you know, easily they're, they're warned pretty quickly and they can have a lot of their people evacuate, which is another thing. They'll have all these other people who aren't necessarily injured but are still like, you know, evacuees basically coming to Bryn Shander. Versus, um, you know, Cairdenaval, basically all the people are fucked. Cairconig are fucked. Um, it's just going to, there's no way they're going to reach uh, the East Way in time. And there'll be Dwarger saboteurs, all upons. Um, Lonelywood, I think they actually, in the text, the mentions they flee into the woods because they see the dragon basically attacking Tourmaline. And then uh, Tourmaline, maybe some people get out. Same with Bremen. But Targos, I can see a lot of them um, surviving. So in other words, the players should have a full day and maybe another half day the next day before the dragon actually arrives which does give them enough time to get things done in Brinchander before the actual dragon attacks um and narrative wise it, that means I'll, I'll probably make the actual safe house that they find for gaunt just a uh not like a map or dungeon crawl or anything just like a series of like checks again like hey you managed to find it in this amount of time and you know you've Here's the information you got, and you find basically the equivalent of a journal. Maybe there's a trap that gets set off or something. Um, but essentially, that will bring them to, or that will give them the location of uh, Gaunt's Arcane Laboratory, which they will then have to go find, and that'll essentially be the first, you know, step of that main quest. But that'll after be that'll be after the dragon. 
So day two, after they long rest in Bryn Shander, um, that's when they can start doing all the prep work, um, warning other towns, trying to get Celeste resurrected, um, you know, just dealing with a lot of that. I don't have, like I said, I don't have any events in terms of what I had in East Haven, but I think it'll be more narrative based of, you know, well, I, I think the fun event will be, like I said, trying to root out the Dorgas saboteurs, which I think will be something I'll, I'll craft. Um, they can, you know, I'll turn that into a skill challenge, basically. They, they'll go around and, and do whatever they want. They can shake people down and try to figure out, you know, use survival checks to try to find, you know, footprints and everything, and, and then find a cell. I don't think it points out um, enough details about that, other than the fact that uh, there is one there. Uh, Siege. Yeah, it just says that Scram Sax, the Pirate of Northlook, falls to the dragon. Michonne, the priest of Amantur, administers healing as best as she can and survives without injury. Um, Sheriff Southwell personally thwarts a Dwarger assassination attempt against Speaker Devesta Shane. Both leaders are scarred but survive. It's literally all it mentions. Oh, and then the Speaker of Dugan's Hole is killed by Dwarger, but Speaker Max of Targo survives. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Um, so it doesn't mention anything about how many Dwerger they're like, what the saboteur, like what? It just says that, oh yeah, and there's Dwerger assassinations that are all over the place. Check for traps or part of the journal burns an explosive fire trap. Yeah, so it'll probably be like a single, which again, is almost weird to do because presumably the players will just long rest again before they actually set out on their journey. But, you know, whatever. I think making that stuff, you know, making players roll and having consequences is just part of the game. So that's going to be part of it. But presumably, in other words, they could just explore, find the thing on the second day. You know, maybe they have to get through the skill challenge of finding the Dwerger. Maybe they've got some narrative stuff with resing Celeste, you know, paying and dealing with um, the fact that there's a bunch of people everywhere. And uh, they can, you know, deal with maybe some um, precursory tactics, like talk to the guards about, look, we want to set up guards on these different roofs and make sure, you know, people are armed and, and deal with this kind of thing. What kind of contingencies do you have, which is not much because they don't, you know, there's only so much you can plan for dragon attacks they don't really and they'll even say that like we don't get any dragons out here there's one like big white dragon we think but she doesn't stay anywhere near 10 town so we don't really have a contingency plan for that we're not big defensive city we're not water deep here um but they'll have that full day while the dragon is destroying other towns and then it won't even arrive till it, it, it won't even arrive to targos until basically the third day it'll be at targos so Targo should be pretty well off in terms of a lot of people will be able to escape that in time. The town itself will be destroyed, though, which is a bummer for them. And then basically halfway through day three, maybe high noon, they want to go shopping, looting. That's very true, which is weird to do that in the middle of a crisis. And yet you can imagine that there would be a lot of... Uh... Sorry, my baby's screaming. There will be a lot of opportunities uh, for... Uh, merchants to take advantage of the fact that there's all these new people in town, <laughs> even though they would be hurting. But there are also people that would have like all their belongings with them and would definitely be wanting to trade for, you know, medical supplies and food and all that. So there would probably be a lot of bartering going on. It would be uh, a real shot in the economy arm for Bryn Shander, I'm sure. Uh, even though the town would hopefully be wanting to give out, you know, some supplies and, and food and stuff. But I don't know if anybody's prepared for this level of, of crisis. I do want to paint it as a big crisis, but yes, the players will probably want to um, offload some of their stuff. And, and there's only so much, I mean, inspiration I can give around if they want to like donate stuff or give supplies away or spend time helping people. Like, 
I, you know what you could do is you could you could go to the blessings maybe you could give people you know give them like a, the equivalent of the bless spell if they really help people around um, as a way for the DM to like reward heroism basically and, and them like spending time and resources helping people versus just preparing for battle or, or helping themselves but you know, I, I certainly wouldn't stop them from helping themselves now in terms of what they can find shopping wise I'm interested to hear what you all do in terms of hey how much um, does a town have to sell like how do you how do you decide what kind of supplies they have um usually these things are under explained in the uh books oh it's minimized that's why in terms of what they can you know what's available for purchase is it everything in the um player's handbook which um only gives you the basic potion of healing you know do i roll and determine okay maybe there's this many potions and whatever other like healing kits and you know important supplies you can get would they have any magic items for sale i don't i'm really tempted to not give them any of that because i just gave them a bunch although they are flush with gold and we've already determined my players basically don't give a shit about spending money on anything except um stuff for themselves like an action rpg which is totally fine but that only help that only works if i give them fun things to spend on um but this is this is the biggest town in 10 towns, but it's still not that big of a, it's barely even a city, I think. So let's see, it says the Black Iron Bay uh, Blades manufactures the cheapest blades in 10 towns. While well, his sister Elza sells adventuring supplies, including rations, cold weather gear, ice picks, and snowshoes to fortune seekers. Most of the veterans sell swords in 10 towns disdain Garn Smithcraft. Uh, I think that's the only note about the blacksmith. Yeah, so it's funny. It's actually like a crappy like Walmart brand blacksmith. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Heroism can lower the price of the resurrects. That's true. If they wanted to volunteer like time and resources, like casting healing spells or you know spending time using medical kits, especially around the priestess, then uh, that would be a really good reward. Actually, she's like, all right, I can take a discount on this. Um, on the normal fee of the raised dead, which I believe we determined was like a thousand clams. That what it was for our? This never happened before in our campaign. <laughs> also, it would make sense they'd want to try to do it on day two, even though I don't think anybody's read the fine print on raised dead. The fact that you start at yet yeah, is a thousand gold. Um, the fact that you get um some massive debuff whenever you are resurrected. So that would allow Celeste to have another long rest, which would at least let that debuff go down. But I think it's it's a like huge minus not huge number but it, it lasts a while you start off with a minus four and then next long rest you have a minus three on basically everything i think you could pay for a greater restoration if you wanted to to lower that more but it starts to get real fucking expensive i don't think any players have greater restoration yet even though they are uh they might have access to that spell your limited resources or a two to three times price markup both would be really desperate it's tricky because at one point i do want them you know i I come from a video game background where you can just, hey, I want to go, you know, buy, you know, even though there's a big crisis happening, I just go to the merchant, I pay the money, I buy the potions, they've got, you know, however many in stock, and that's it, there's no, but, but you know, D&D, you can be more reactive about that, you can play around with it, you can say like, hey, they've got limited stock, or their price has gone up, or whatever else, so, at this point, I haven't quite determined what I want to do with that, I do want to allow my players to at least get potions of healing, if not maybe even a greater healing potion or two, because I think that's, the thing that they most um, want to buy, as well as just other potions. You can include, like, not Potion of Growth, because they've got all those still, but just other, you know, interesting 
you know, maybe resistance potions or, or something invisibility. You know, there's just some potion merchant they can find that they can spend some money on at the very least. Um, I think potions is the only one I would think of. Maybe spell scrolls, but I don't, we don't have a wizard. I guess the bard could use spell scrolls, so maybe something like that. So I might, I might craft some merchant stuff for them to deal with, but in terms of battles, I don't think I'm going to do a single one for Bryn Shander. I think they're going to get basically some downtime. This is the time of the action movie where you've got, you know, we just survived a big thing. Now we've got to sit and collect ourselves and talk. And uh, we're going to basically prep for uh, the upcoming battle, which will be the actual dragon fight. And I'll mention in Ravison's like dying words, the fact that, hey, I don't, even I don't know exactly how this thing works, but a, it can only be summoned by a speaker, which I was thinking you could you could play it off like, okay, it can only be summoned by a speaker because they have this special, you know, attention to connection to the land or whatever. Or you could say that was something that she put in the spell because she wanted to have a basically like a security lock. Like it can only be, you know, um, activated by uh, certain people um, that would have the right authority to do it in case this thing gets, you know, stolen or something before we get a chance to use it. Um and ironically, that locks it out of uh, the players being able to use it in East Haven because the speaker has already been killed. So that's why they have to go to Bryn Shander and do it. And, and, and what I determined is also, A, if if the players do warm up to Ravison or try to help her, maybe she'll give the information about how it could, opening it will most likely kill whoever does that. Or B, give them a chance to use a skill, like a religion check on it to identify the actual object and determine that, oh man, this is, you know, it's a, it's a powerful thing. It does unleash, you know, an avatar that will grow to this giant creature that should be able to fight the avatar but op- the act of opening the cage and doing that would actually probably do what just happened to Ravison, which is like pulling all the warmth out of your body and effectively killing you potions from the military in terms of that would be an interesting reward system actually if they make it this far and um straight up sheriff southwell is just like here um we've managed to you know instead of having to actually purchase anything we went to um different merchants and I don't know how dark you want to get with this. Like, did they shake them down and demand like people hand over things for the good of the town? Or you could say like maybe people donated some would be, you know, the the better way of handling that. But um, it gets interesting when you're in a crisis situation and you want to kind of judge people morally about how things work. Generally, I think people do, you know, want to be helpful in these situations, but you've you've always got slime balls trying to capitalize on, you you, you know, stories about people that bottled, you know, when the pandemic happened, bottled the supplies and then, you know, thinking they were going to hoard them and sell them to people. So that certainly happens. <laughs> in fact, that that could actually be a fun event. Um, you could even have the, you know, the speaker, the sheriff talk about that, how somebody maybe, um, you know, somebody's got a, some, our, our main potion seller um, has, you know, refused to turn over any potions for the good of the town. And now they're charging like exorbitant prices and, you know, I, the sheriff wants to go and just knock down his door and take it all, but we think that would be a bad look. So maybe instead you can go convince him. So there we go. There's an event we just created that our players can deal with. Um, a social event, which of, of course is going to involve our players just intimidating the fuck out of this guy because that's what they do. <laughs> Although with the Robin and Frey, you end up with kind of a good cop, bad cop situation. Um, but that's a that would be a pretty effective event, actually. I'm going to write that one down. Uh... Potion seller is hoarding potions and selling them for uh, incredibly high prices. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they actually get like a little minor quest to be like, can you go? Because again, if, if we make it, if we don't long rest in East Table, we make it to Bryn Shander, 
um, we'll effectively have a day and a half. Hi. We'll effectively have a, a day and a half of stuff for the players to do before the dragon actually arrives, um, especially that first day. So I, I'm I'm leaning towards giving the players some stuff to do. So that'll be one. The other one will be hopefully they the players themselves think of it instead of um, the. Uh, you know, I can have one of the NPCs mention actually if they, because I'm sure the players we can say like, oh, they were talking to the NPCs about it, and they can come up with the fact that oh, and uh, Valen will actually mention it because she got, uh, that's how she got captured, was um, essentially looking for the uh, Valish Gaunt safe house, and she was captured by Dorga that were in Bryn Shander, so she will straight up say like, hey, there could very well still be um, groups here in Bryn Shander. You guys ran into them in East Haven. Maybe we need to find those. So, uh, rooting out um, Dorga. Uh, what do we call that? Sleeper saboteurs, basically, who are waiting until the dragon appears, and then they're gonna—they've got different plans and things. And that I think will be a pure, yeah, hand sanitizer guy, um, which I think he did end up uh, being like uh, monumentally guilt shamed into giving it all back. Uh, just a, probably just a skill challenge, and hopefully I can obfuscate it, make it a little bit better, because I think the players uh, didn't mind the skill challenge from two sessions ago, but they would prefer if it was not so obviously a skill challenge and and what they probably wouldn't realize is this would not lead to an actual battle map because i'm just have no interest in having a single battle with easy dwerger um that you that they get to jump on and knowing we would get a full long rest before basically the next dragon engagement so to me it would just be a montage of you know hey you guys you know once you make these series of skill checks uh which i wouldn't even say that much but that would be to you all i'm telling you uh then they would be able to just essentially defeat uh, those Dwerger, and frankly, even if they, I guess the only way they don't do is if they completely shit the bed and fail utterly, uh, then they just don't find it, um, in which case maybe they can just try again the next day, and they just accrue, you know, whatever exhaustion, or there's no moral morale damage, I guess exhaustion is the best way of handling that, <laughs> Foray is their chief negotiator, yeah, just straight up, like, threatening everybody, which, you know, that is an option for sure, uh, you could just threaten people and shame them or and again hopefully hopefully it's just entertaining that's the main thing i don't necessarily need to drain the party's resources because we've got another fucking long rest again we've got two more days until the dragon actually comes the players can even make that those calculations and say hey it took uh you know especially if they're if they leave east haven you know after a short rest and they realize the dragon's still in east haven and they can probably calculate might not even have them do a maybe an intelligence check or something and try to calculate how fast the dragon goes and they can, that's not actually a bad idea. And then they can determine, okay, it should take another full day before it even gets close to Bryn Chander, and probably it'll be, you know, that third day, assuming the first day is now, um, before it arrives in Bryn Chander, and that will be the actual final showdown. So I'm guessing that this chapter will take another three sessions, including tomorrow. If I had to guess the pacing, I think tomorrow we're going to do the big town hall battle, which um, it seems like these battles take a while. <laughs> and then we'll do, um, you know, Ravison's kind of cutscene, and then probably wrap up East Haven in general. Maybe even have the players... Go across the east way, depending on how quick that battle takes, or we'll just get done with the short rest and then have to do that next time. But I'm leaning towards making the east way just a pure montage and not really having any big events there, other than the talking fox reappearing. Um, 
The only thing I would maybe lean towards is doing some kind of skill challenge-y thing, like, uh, you know, you can have different events happen. And, and the interesting thing is when the dragon, I think when it appears in Bryn Shander is when uh, the Frost Maiden finally, like, gets her act together and starts uh, kind of fighting back with the weather. Let's see if it mentions it anywhere in here. I thought it did. Final stand, strays for six hours. Okay, it doesn't say here. Regenerate benefits from strong leadership, tested militia, and helpful spellcasters. They have spellcasters? Where does it fucking mention that? Mention that they have spellcasters? Prince Shander? Who's casting spells? Damn it, I need to quit minimizing this window. Um. I mean, they have a priest and an acolyte. That's about it. They don't really do much. Not where it's getting helpful spellcasters from. And it said somewhere about the return to ten towns. That's all about Volan. Um, showdown. Here it is. Maybe it's in here. Wait for the dra- yeah, the character's best chance of destroying the dragon is to pick a settlement for the dragon there, which is what they're doing in Bryn Shander. Um, does say after dealing as much damage as it can from the air, the dragon lands and begins searching through the smoldering ruins to eliminate any survivors, but it specifically says in East Haven, at least, it never lands. It stays to the air. Weather conditions. Okay, the dragon begins its attack under dark, clear skies. That changes shortly after it leaves Tourmaline, its sixth target, for that's when a winter storm sweeps down from the rigged glacier and engulfs Ten Towns. The storms hang over Ten Towns for 24 hours before petering out. The characters confront the dragon in Lonelywood, Bremen, Targos, or Shander. They must also contend with strong wind and heavy snowfall. See strong wind and heavy participation. Uh, precipitation. Heavy participation. <laughs> <laughs> this dragon fight involves heavy participation from everyone. Strong wind is disadvantage on ranged attack rolls, which is a pretty big deal. Although, again, the dragon will most likely be grounded probably before the fight even begins. But when it's grounded, that could still obviously affect if it's still strong wind, even when it's on the ground. That's going to fuck up people like uh, Thimbleweed. Heavy precipitation is just... Lightly obscured. The area of disadvantage on perception checks rely on sight. Alright, so that's... I don't think anybody's going to be stealthing around, so that's probably not going to be an issue. Because we will also be, uh, again, taking care of the Dwarger threat before the dragon shows up. So we'll just have... Because I'm really done with the Dwarger at this point. The Umber Hulk thing will probably be the last thing we use Dwarger for. Um, what we are going to use is the... Uh, what the players don't know is the dragon has that malevolent presence because they have never witnessed that. Uh, and that will be a fun uh, kind of ace in the hole for me is when it lands, it will start affecting all the guards, you know, the random red shirts and stuff they've got uh, will be controlled by the dragon and suddenly turn into enemies. After the battle, they find a guy in the base with 20 cases of toilet paper. Yeah, they definitely do. <laughs> So yeah, I can have that come down, which would be very interesting. Um, or, or I can make it so it's the players that are basically summoning. Maybe when they summon the avatar of the Frostbane, that also creates that effect. That would probably be a little more effective, rather because otherwise it would be like, wait, so the Frostbane is it just random? The storm is appearing, or is that the Frostbane doing it? In which case, why did we have to go through the whole motion of 
summoning the Frostbane's avatar here, um, you know, when she clearly knows what's going on to, to, to summon the storm. So I think it would make more sense to have that be a side effect of summoning um, the dragon. Or, sorry, summoning uh, the the avatar, which I may custom... I don't know if... I don't know if it's even worth customizing a stat block to make it because I really do want to treat it like a cutscene where this big snowy owl the size of a rock like slams into the dragon and does, you know, whatever X amount of damage it needs to do, but basically just grounds the dragon, sends it to the ground. Um, and then in turn, the uh, dragon will basically kill the avatar and destroy it. Um, but I could still have... I could either A, create that ongoing effect when the owl is created, or have it be where when the owl is destroyed, that creates the super high winds and stuff, um, which maybe that also prevents the dragon from being able to fly with its damaged wings, with the added uh, ongoing uh, effect of disadvantage on range attacks. Kind of like that idea, maybe. So maybe the cold, maybe the heavy winds or strong winds uh, aren't created until uh, when the avatar is slain. That's kind of an interesting effect of the Frostmane suddenly getting like pissed off and worried. <laughs> I don't think I need to make stats for it. We can talk about later on, months from now, when the when the party gets to uh, Grimscala, whether we want to use uh, the rock or the owl again. Maybe instead of being destroyed, it's driven off, and thus that could be an interesting thing, where suddenly they find this creature that they have created is a straight-up creature that now roosts in Grimscala. So maybe I need to actually not destroy it. What do we think about that? Because this is technically this is a creature that appears later in the adventure uh in as as a rock which is uh not the uh not Dwayne Johnson it is bird pretty fun to fight Dwayne Johnson in D&D I think no you'd you don't want him as a friend <laughs> as an npc I think uh to fight him you would want to fight the scorpion king Callback to, I think, his first movie role. Where's The Rock? I don't know why I have to say The Rock. <laughs> it's just, it's a rock. <laughs> okay. I didn't realize the token actually looked like... Is that supposed to be, like, oral writing on it? So weird. Why would a goddess need to ride a giant bird to fly to the air? Doesn't make any sense to me. Hey, Zetra. with it yeah but i i mean i could have it that'd be a that'd be a really cool callback actually instead of killing it off i could have it flee and then the party can uh meet it again at grim scala although at that point well it's not under their control so it could it could still be an effective little boss battle well it is a summon creature but obviously it's divinely created so I can play around with that <laughs> to a degree, I think. So that might be an interesting note I'll make. Maybe instead of having it be destroyed, it would be uh, driven off. But at the same time, I can still have that strong wind effect and um, certainly have it be... Uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll create another cutscene where 
I don't know. I, somehow, I, I feel like I want to save this creature. It is, it is Oral could summon at any time. Oh, it's not. I, I don't know if it's literally summoned by her. I don't know about that. I don't know how. It's it's Oral's pet rock. <laughs> it's like Elmo's pet rock. But, uh, or no, it's Zoe, isn't it, on Sesame Street? Zoe's pet rock. Elmo doesn't like it. Watching a lot of Sesame Street, by the way, lately with a freaking 19-month-old. A lot of Sesame Street. It's a god-sized familiar. Yeah, kind of. But in this case, so the twist is my players are the ones. Uh, so Ravison created it through a ritual, and my players are the ones that are going to summon it, or at least they'll be there when it is summoned. And then I could have... Maybe I want to change my cutscene to where it actually gets saved by Oral. And then I can have it appear later. I don't know. I need to come up with that. That would that would be interesting. We can probably talk about that next time because I don't think we're going to deal with this. Uh, we've got a lot more time. Chance to talk about Bryn Shander uh, next week for sure. Like I said, I think pacing-wise we'll have the next session we'll take care of East Haven. And I think we'll probably have one session that's just all these Bryn Shander events I've been talking about. And then the third session will be the actual uh, big climactic dragon fight in Bryn Shander. And then, so we've still got a couple weeks of, of discussing all of this stuff. All right, my wife is pointing at her wrist, or presumably a watch would be, to tell me to wrap it up. So I think that is going to do it for Crafting Icewind Dale. Uh, this for a Thursday edition. If you enjoy the content, please check out patreon.com slash roguewanson. Shouts to Platinum Patrons, Joe Will, Tiny Dancer, Christopher Thomas, Adam Stan, Nathan, Alex, William, I'm Loud, Al, Kyle, Sklinia, Genocider, James, and David, and Gold Patrons, RPG, Papercrafts, Pretty Boy, Numa, Marcus, Deadlizard, Lion, Sam, Will Be Spuds, Jerome, Blood, Angel, Veronis, Nathan, Fasica, Tortoise, and James. Thank you all for your support, and I will see you for DND uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yes, yeah, real. I'm I'm not doing that part of it. I think it's really dumb that she has to write a rock to even do the thing. So I'm eliminating that part of it. We can discuss more about that. <laughs>